Say 
Good morning, Bluff Church. We are so excited that you have joined us online this morning to be a part of what God's doing through the Bluff Church uh, online. Hey, today you may be watching at home, at work, in your car, who knows where. And uh, we're just so excited that you've chosen to spend some time this morning with your church family, worshiping and uh, being of one spirit today as we gather the church scattered today. We're so thankful for you. Would you take a minute this morning while you're watching and leave a comment in whatever place you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, wherever you may be watching. Just leave a comment, let us know uh, that you are watching, and that will be an encouragement to us. So be encouragement to everyone else who's watching along with you today, just to let them know that, that wherever we are today, we are one mind and one spirit as we worship our Savior together today. Hey, let me remind you about a couple things. One is on our Facebook, uh, not on our Facebook, but on our website, uh, thebluff.church. Up in the top uh, menu, you'll find a place that says resources. If you click on that link, you'll go over to a page where we have placed a lot of resources to help out uh, for your small group. Uh, if you're a parent with kids, like in our Bluff Kids Age Ministry, uh, you can go on there and find some appropriate uh, items on there, some videos and some resources for you to keep your kids involved with what they would be doing normally in Bluff Kids, uh, but now they're at home with you. So if you take some time during the week and do that, there's a lot of great resources on that on that page for you. If you love worship music, we've put a Spotify playlist on there with over eight hours of music, of stuff that we've done uh, in our worship time together over the last two, three years. And so that's something you can take with you wherever you go throughout the week uh, to kind of encourage you to lift your spirit and give you a chance just to, to worship God in whatever environment you might find yourself. Also on that resource page, you'll find a contact form that you can use, and you can use that form for a variety of things. If you have a prayer request, you can put that on there. If uh, you have some kind of a need, uh, you can place that on there. Let us know about that. If you know of someone else who's in need or there's a need in our community that you're aware of, please uh, use that form to let us know about that. Or if you just need maybe somebody to, to pray for you, to contact you or whatever, use that form any way you want to just to let us know and uh, we'll try to be a resource to you during these hard times that we're all going through together. Let me also remind you about giving. Uh, you can still give even though we're not here in the same room together. You can still give. Uh, on our website at thebluff.church, you'll find the Give uh, button up at the very top. You can use that. It's a very simple process. You can also, if you prefer, uh, mail a check-in. Uh, also, you can uh, bring an offering by the church office anytime during the week, Monday through Friday. We're here. And any of those ways, just to help out uh, continuing the ministry of the Bluff Church would be greatly appreciated. Well, Easter's coming up in just two weeks. Two Sundays from today is Easter. Obviously, it's going to be a little different this year uh, because we're probably not going to be able to gather together in one room. Uh, Easter is usually a pretty big time around here, but we've got something special planned for Easter. We want, to, want you to watch this video and learn more about that, okay? Hey, everybody. It's Dave. And Mason. Hey, we wanted to share with you something exciting. Uh, if you guys are like us right now, it is so hard not to be able to gather together on Sunday morning with our church family be able to hang out, worship together, and get, just get to visit with everybody on Sunday morning. So uh, we have an idea that we want to share with you today that we are really excited about because it's kind of unique and something different, something we wouldn't normally do except for the virus. Uh, so why don't you share with them what that is? Right. So you might be able to recognize that we are at the middle school, actually. So this is the big parking lot on the side of the middle school. And we decide on Easter Sunday, April 12th, April 12th. we are going to be having a drive-in church experience. We're talking like, hey, we're going to have a stage right here for the band and for everyone. 
Um, and then you can park out here and stay in your car, tune in on the radio to the service. You'll be able to wave to everybody. It's going to be an awesome experience of us being able to gather together as a church and still remain safe and be able to do worship in this unique setting right next to the school. So social distance, yes, but we're together. Away. Yes. Right? So that's cool. So we're excited about that. Once again, April the 12th, regular time, 1030. And uh, we hope that you'll uh, take this opportunity to invite folks to come, drive their car. If they're disease-free, they can get in your car if oh, you yeah. want to, however you want to do that. But uh, we'll be here. We'll have the band out here, uh, all, of course, weather permitting. Uh, if we have bad weather, we'll just go online like we've been doing. But uh, we're hoping, we're praying for great weather on that date. And we hope that you guys will be there to join us uh, to celebrate Easter, yeah. the resurrection, in a little unique way this year. So we're excited about that. So drive in Easter. It's a little different. It's kind of, you know, on the edge maybe, but uh, it's something that we thought would be a great way for us to celebrate together while still having our social distance uh, that we're trying to practice during this time. And uh, we think it's a great idea. We hope that you'll plan to be a part of that on Sunday, April the 12th, 10.30 a.m. We're going to meet in the parking lot at the middle school and uh, it'll be just an easy time to come on in get a parking place you can either uh, listen roll down your windows and listen we're also working on some other ways maybe to get that music into your car uh, so you can enjoy that and just be together while we're keeping our distance so uh, we hope that you'll be a part of that we hope even more also that you'll invite friends and neighbors and family members to come and park and be a part of that too and uh, we're just excited about what god's going to do in and through easter drive-in this year April the 12th at the middle school parking lot, okay? Hey, man, we are so glad you guys are joining us online today. Let me pray for us, and then we'll jump back into worship, okay? Father, we come before you this morning. We are thankful that we can be a church uh, no matter where we are. We thank you that the church is defined by buildings, not defined by geography. It's been defined by your spirit living in our hearts. And today, Father, as we are scattered all over this community and probably other places around uh, the country and around the world watching this, that uh, today you'll just uh, encourage our hearts in these hard times. Encourage us just that you have everything under control. Uh, you have everything. You've got a plan. You knew this long before we did what was going to be happening in these days. And so, Father, we'd help us to find peace and solace in that. Help us to find strength in that. And, Father, as we uh, just prepare our hearts to worship together to now, Father, as we uh, open up and, and sing together, even though we're in different places, Father, help us just to be an encouragement to our hearts. And then uh, as the message comes in just a little while, we pray your blessings is just you'll speak to our hearts today. Father, we love you, and we pray all this in the exciting, wonderful, strong name of Jesus. Amen. There's a table that you prepared for me In the presence of my enemies It's your body and your blood you shed for me This is how I find my There's a table that you prepared for me In the presence of my enemies It's your body and your blood 
stand a chance when I stand in your love and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I Would you pray with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for this Sunday and for our online church this morning. Lord, just be with us this week um, as we continue to go into this season of a wellness break. Lord, be with our message today. Um, Just open our hearts to your word. And Lord, be with our offering. And I just pray that as a church, we can continue to give faithfully um, during this unknown time, Lord. Just be with your believers and um, just help us remember that you are with us. In your name I pray. Amen. Please remember that you can give your offering online at the bluff.church. You can also send it in the mail or bring it by the church office. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Mason. I'm so sorry that we can't be here this Sunday, but you know what? Back in September, me and Dave were going through the preaching calendar trying to establish what we want to preach on for 2020, and we had no idea that when we scheduled for today to talk about why does the church matter, we had no idea that we would not even be meeting as a church family. But you know what? Our God is still in control, and our God knew what he was doing. And so he had a plan in mind that when we're going to be talking about why does the church matter, we're not going to be meeting, but we're going to be longing to be together. And so this is a special Sunday, and especially because this Sunday, you're not hearing me preach about why the church matters. You're going to be hearing from one of our family members, from Coach Severs, who's going to be talking to you about why the church matters from his point of view. And I think it's something that we can all relate to, and it's going to be a good message. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Obviously, um, this is a little bit different situation than what we're all used to. Um, About a month ago, I was sitting in my small group meeting. Uh, Me and the guys were talking about the fact that I was going to be doing this. Obviously, I was hoping that there'd be a full room of people to talk to instead of these cameras. But um, I told the guys kind of jokingly that I was uh, going to introduce myself as I am not Mason Powell. I am not the teaching co-pastor at the Bluff. And, and we all kind of got a chuckle of that because uh, we just all kind of let it go at that. And then that Sunday was uh, the first Sunday that Mason uh, did not introduce himself. Uh, and uh, Carr was sitting right in front of me. And he turned around and he said, hey, who is this guy? 
And so we all got a kind of laugh out of that. We all conferred on our next small group meeting that that was, uh, we all kind of thought that was humorous since we had talked about it just the, the previous Wednesday night. So as a, as a shout out to my small group brothers, I am not Mason Powell. I am not the teaching co-pastor at the Bluff. I'm just, I'm just Dave Seavers, and I'm here to, to uh, share a word with you guys this morning. Uh, when Mason asked me to do this, uh, it's been a couple months ago. Uh, Mason has been uh, a big part of coming to FCA with us. Uh, we meet on Friday mornings at 7.15 in the high school gym. And um, since he's been in town, I invited him to be a part of it. And he has, uh, he's been there every week. And um, a lot of times I'll ask him to close. He's actually given the message a couple times. So when he asked me to do this, I told him, I said, Mason, I think you've probably lost your mind. I'm, I'm not a preacher. Uh, but he said that he had faith in me, so I'm, I told him that I was going to give this a very, very un-Mason-like try, and we'll just see how it happens, how it goes this morning. Um, obviously, the current situation makes things a lot different than what we are used to. Um, it's, it's, it's all very different, but part of, my, part of my presentation when I had a room full of people was going to be to tell you guys that this is not going to take very long, so that if you had lunch plans, feel free to take your phones out and change them real quick, but... Um, obviously, things change. This virus is something that uh, none of us have ever experienced before, and it's, it's just something that uh, we as a church are, are, are working through. And I think this is uh, something that we will obviously all get through. But um, I'm not a big fan of cameras. I, was, I would much rather be uh, talking to uh, a group of people. Uh, but this is, this is as good as it's going to get, I guess. So um, we're just gonna we're just gonna go with this and and see what happens, uh, and I hope that you guys can make sense of my message. Um, the rooted verse for week ten is Hebrews ten twenty four twenty five, and it says, <clears throat> "And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching." And week 10 of the Rooted series is entitled, so, is entitled, Why is the Church Important? And I don't really know why the church is important, because why it's important to me is probably not why it's important to other people. Um, anybody um, could do this. Anybody could give this message, because all I'm going to do is share with you a bunch of my personal church moments uh, throughout my life and, and uh, see if we can figure out uh, why the church is important. So, so, so let's come back to that question a little bit later. Um, my church life started at Emmanuel United Church of Christ in Jackson, Missouri. I was a um, member there for the first 23 years of my life. Uh, I can remember going to Sunday school. I can remember going to church. It was me and it was my mom and dad and my three brothers and then eventually my, my adopted brother Paul came into the picture. And so my first memory of church was that my family took up a whole pew at church. And we would always sit, as most people do, sit in about the same area every week. And if there was ever a full bench that was not available, then we ha as a family had to split up into the little side benches. And that was always uh, a big deal. But I just remember... Uh, going to Sunday school and memorizing the books of the Bible, which I used to know, and I don't think I could, I don't think I could uh, recite them right now, but um, I grew up to actually teach uh, a Sunday school class. I was a student first, and then I was a teacher. I, I, I remember a lot about my time 
uh, in the Jackson Church, but I don't think it was... Um, I don't think it was a time when I was really in touch with uh, God's Word. I was just uh, a young kid, uh, eventually a teenager, college student going to church. Um, but I remember a lot of stuff from my home church. I remember uh, on, on uh, Easter, we would always have, um, there was a big cross that was, had chicken wire on it. And people from the congregation would bring flowers from their yard, and we would have the most beautiful flower cross out in front of the church, um, which that's something that's always stuck with me. Mom would always make us go out and pick flowers and, and uh, to, to take to the, to the cross, and if, it was, if the weather was bad, we'd have to go around the neighborhood try and find some if the flowers weren't uh, real good in our yard yet. I can remember Easter egg hunts on the church lawn. Um, I can remember uh, around Christmas time, we had live nativity scenes, and people from all over the community would come and uh, witnessed the, the camels and the goats and the, and the, and the donkeys and stuff, uh, the live nativity scene. It was just, you know, we'd set up hot chocolate uh, stands and stuff on the corner. And, and just, it was just an, it was an interesting time. Uh, at that time, uh, Emmanuel was the only church in town that was doing live nativity scenes. So uh, that, was, that was some of my um, memories. Um, Christmas time, uh, with the live nativity scenes, we would also have uh, a midnight Christmas Eve service, which always started at 10.30, but they called it the midnight service for some reason. I never understood that either. Um, I can remember sitting in church, and my mom and dad would just sing at the top of their lungs. My mom, um, who, once again, things change. I planned on my mom being here this morning, and I was going to introduce my mom, who is just a saint. I was going to introduce him. Uh, introduce mom to all the, to all my church family, but um, uh, obviously um, she is not here today. Uh, but mom still sings in the church choir to this day, and she has a beautiful voice. My dad, uh, who passed away 31 years ago, 31 years ago or so, um, dad was uh, on the church council. He was a lay pastor, helped with communion and stuff. Dad really enjoyed singing in church, but his voice was nothing to be real proud of, but it didn't stop him. Dad just, he would sing at the top of his lungs. I can remember at an Easter service one day, uh, the, the lyrics of the song were supposed to say, the lilies white, and dad belted out the willies white, and it just, I just started laughing, and, and he told me to be quiet. Um, I was a youth group leader at Emmanuel. Uh, we had a small youth group, um, it was more of a social gathering than it was biblically based um, because at that time I was not, um, I was not a real strong um, uh, Bible-based uh, type of a guy. Um, but we got together. We would, uh, we would run concession stands at, uh, there was a lot of farm auctions around and, and people would volunteer us and, hey, do you guys want to sell concessions? And, and, you know, the money would go to the group and and um, just growing up uh, as part of the youth group and then taking over the youth group, it just, it was, it was kind of neat. It was, it was a really good group of kids. Uh, they decided that one night um, they, that we needed to have a lock-in. And the thing about memories, the thing about church, uh, the, the, the church uh, events of my life is that they are all very memorable, but some of them aren't super positive. Um, the kids decided they wanted to have a lock-in. And so... I told them they could all invite a friend, and we got things together, and my brothers asked me if I needed help, and I said, no, I've got this. I said, there'll probably be 20 kids there, no big deal. So I get to the lock-in, I get to the church, and I realize it's one of the kids had gone to school and said all-night party at our church, and there were 75 to 100 kids there, 
And so I instantly, quickly as I could, uh, called my brothers. I said, go to the store, grab some sodas, grab some stuff, get up here. I need help. And things were going great. The kids were running all over the sanctuary. They were running all over church uh, through the fellowship hall and up on the stage. And we were playing hide and seek and we had shuffleboard and the kids were just having a great time. And I can remember about two o'clock in the morning, I went to get some more drinks out of the refrigerator. And it was one of those moments where you see something and it doesn't register. I opened the door, I grabbed some drinks, I shut the door and I took about a step and I took a step back and I opened the door and I realized the, the communion wine that had been about half full at the beginning of the night was now empty. And the kids, <clears throat> sometime during the evening, some of those little uh, creatures of God decided to help themselves to the communion wine. And it was um, pretty obvious. I got them all together. Uh, I made them stand in a straight line. And I just walked down the line and I said, you need to come with me. You need. And I called their parents. And, and so once again, um, not the greatest memory, but it's something I will never, ever forget. Um, before I moved down here, the kids decided that we needed to take a, a big vacation. We needed to go on a big trip to, to kind of have, have send off for me. So I, I made reservations. We went to Branson and uh, it, was, it was a wonderful trip. Um, cheesy little hotel, nasty little hotel. We got down there and the sign on the marquee said, put your feet between our sheets. Uh, the pool was nasty. The kids just refused to go. And so there was a big, beautiful holiday in right across the street. And I could just see the kids staring at that pool. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to go ask. And luckily, the people at the Holiday Inn understood. And they let us come across the street and use their pool. But on the Branson trip, between, you know, the, one of our vans overheated in traffic. So once again, all the memories of that trip, not positive, but it's stuff I'll never, ever forget. Um, the, I guess the next phase of my life was when I went off to college. College was a little bit difficult because I was fortunate enough to play football in college uh, and we had in season, uh, we would have team meetings and team workouts on Sunday mornings. And so it was uh, for a couple months, three months out of the year, it was kind of hard to go to church and stuff, but we, but we made it work. And, and uh, while I was at CMO, they did have uh, FCA meetings. We usually met on Thursday nights um, uh, and we had chapel services before the game. So that was, that was, uh, that was good. That was something that we were able to, that I, that I was able to, in a, in a very, very small way, continue uh, working on my, on, my, on my walk with God, which at that time still was not, um, I don't think anyway that it was anywhere where it is today. One of my the most memorable things when I was at SEMO is we were down in Mississippi. We were on a road trip and uh, we pulled in and um, I realized there were several small buses, large vans there. And so I knew that there was a, a group of people there from something. And uh, we're sitting in our rooms and I hear a knock on our door. And uh, so I go answer it. And there's a lady standing there and she's got on a, a Special Olympics sponsor t-shirt. And she said, excuse me, but are you with the football team? And I said, yes, ma'am, I am. I said, most of the rooms on this floor, most of the rooms right here are, are part of the football team. And she said, we've got a bunch of Special Olympics kids here and they heard there's a college football team and they would love to get you guys autographs. And I said, ma'am, I said, I don't think you understand. I said, we're from SEMO. They're not, they, and she interrupted me and she said, it doesn't matter. She said, no offense, 
they don't care how good you are, how bad you are. It's just that they are excited that there's a college football team and they wanted me to ask if they could get autographs. And so I ran up and down the, the hotel and I knocked on everybody's door and I told them what was going on. And, and I bet it, it probably wasn't more than 20, 25 minutes, but it seemed like it lasted forever because it was just so awesome. These little kids running up and getting our autographs, not realizing that we were a below average Division II football team, but that didn't matter to them. To them, uh, it was just exciting. And that was, that's always, that's always stuck with me because it's, um, it's one of those things where you kind of see, uh, you see God in those kids. And it was, that was just a really special moment for me. Um, when I moved down here, uh, I went to fellowship for 20 plus years. I think I went to fellowship for about 23 years. Uh, I loved the place. It was, it was a fantastic church. Uh, Byron did a fantastic job. He's still a, he still uh, ministers today uh, to the to uh, the to the uh, people at Fellowship. Um, my girls were parts of the of the different plays. Uh, Shelby was old enough that she usually got a, a speaking part in most of the plays. Uh, my wife Julie helped with the helped with this with the Bible school. Sometimes it was just it was just a place that it was our church home for 23 years. And I, I came to the bluff one day just to support Doug because some of you know this, some of you don't, but, but uh, Doug played football for me in high school. He was an all-state tackle for us. And I, and, uh, I just felt like I should kind of come and, and say, you know, just so I could say that I've been here. And it, it, it just was different. Um, I, I felt like when I was <clears throat> at uh, fellowship, uh, and once again, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I mean, we, we, we had a really, really good church softball team. I mean, we were good enough that we, we traveled around to different places, and we went to a couple of state tournaments, and we, we, were, we were pretty dang good. Um, but I didn't realize until I came to the bluff that at fellowship, I, just, I was just more of a member. Um, it didn't take me very long at the bluff to realize that this was, a, this was different. I, I felt more of a part of the bluff uh, just after the first service. And I don't know if it was because of Doug. I don't know if it was because of the rest of my church family. I, I, I don't know what it was, but, uh, but this place had a really uh, a different feel to it. And I feel like the bluff is probably responsible as much as anything for my, my what I hope is my increasingly uh, um, prominent walk with, with God. I, I, I think that, that being around the bluff and being around my church family and, and, uh, has, has done a lot for me. Um, the, the question comes back, so why is church important? And I'm still not 100% sure. It's definitely not... Um, church isn't a building because we meet in a hotel lobby or obviously we meet uh, by a video feed. Um, some of my most memorable church moments in my life have not taken place in a church. They've taken place on uh, athletic fields and in gyms. I have been involved with FCA as long as I've been down here. This is my, I'm finishing up 32 years at the high school and I, I, uh, I, was, I was kind of, I helped with FCA for a while and then Bill Ray left town and so I took over 
um, FCA has been uh, a huge part of my growth because you see kids, you see kids sharing the word. Uh, FCA and Fields of Faith have been um, huge parts of, of my growth because it's just amazing to watch young people grow. I, I, just a couple of examples I can remember. Um, Fields of Faith one year got rained out, or it didn't get rained out, but we had to move it inside. And um, we had uh, probably 1,500, 2,000 people packed into the old high school gym. And they, it's, it's when Passion of the Christ had just come out, and they played the crucifixion scene. And <clears throat> my daughter, uh, Sierra, who was, I can't tell you how old she was then, but she was much, much younger. Um, she was standing there in front of me, and I don't really think she understood the crucifixion scene at the time, but I do remember her standing in front of me, and she just kind of backed into me, and if she'd have been any closer to me, she'd been behind me, and she grabbed my arms, and she just kind of wrapped them around uh, her chest, and she just stood there staring at the screen, and that was incredibly impactful because... I knew two things. My daughter really didn't understand the crucifixion, but she knew it was incredibly powerful. And that was, uh, that was a, a huge part uh, in my life. I, I can remember, I think it was the first year that we were out at the new stadium uh, and the speakers quit, maybe the second year, but the, the, the sound system quit. And you would think that if the sound system quit that everything would just shut down, but it didn't because it was right in the middle of a song. And all of a sudden, there's 2,500 kids just singing their hearts out. And so the people who, who were the musicians, um, they realized what was going on. So a couple of them grabbed their guitars and ran up in the bleachers, and they just kept playing along with the kids. And it was, it, that moment sent chills down my spine because that was, these kids get it. These kids understand what's going on. These kids were were displaying uh, the power of God and to to hear the PA system go down and then the kids take over it, it was just it was inspiring and then and then to see 2,500 3,000 kids in a football stadium um, sharing the word listening to the word some of them sharing their testimonies it's just those things have been um, really really impactful to, for me uh, I, like I said, I, I, I'm in charge of FCA at school. Uh, just a couple of quick FCA stories. Um, we have our FCA mom, uh, Miss Jan. She's a custodian at the, at the high school. And she is one of the most godly ladies uh, I've ever met. I, every once in a while, I ask Miss Jan to close with prayer. And Miss Jan can throw down a prayer. She is, she is an incredibly uh, God-fearing woman. And I remember it was last year her mother passed away and she was just devastated and during the time of her she was at school and I went to find her and to console her a little bit and give her my sympathies and I can remember Miss Jan turning off the tears and going to help this kid find something in the cafeteria because the kid had missed lunch and didn't have time or money to eat so Jan went back and found something for the kid to eat and and that that impacted me because Miss Janet probably one of the worst times in her in her life and she was she was reaching out uh, to help others and that was that was uh, incredible 
Um, I always have a plan B for FCA because every once in a while my speakers don't show up or things happen. Um, it's been a couple months ago. Uh, I believe Mason was there that morning. Um, but my speaker didn't show up. And so I always have a plan B in the back of my head. And uh, I just happened to look at the kids and there was, uh, we, we usually have about 45, 50 kids there. And there was a young lady sitting on the front row. Her name's Audrey Sisney. And I looked, I, I said, uh, our speaker didn't show up. I need a plan B. I looked right at Audrey and I said, I said, do you have anything you want to share? And she said, well, yeah, actually I do. And she pulled out her phone and she started scrolling through stuff and she just had page after page after page of stuff that she had been thinking about and stuff that she initially or eventually intended that she wanted to share with the FCA kids. And I was just amazed by that because you've got this young lady, you've got this senior in high school and out of all the kids I look at, out of all the kids that are there, I, I just, she was right in front of me and I said, do you have something? And she did. And it was a wonderful message. And to me, stuff like that doesn't just happen by chance. I mean, there is a reason why, there's a reason why my speaker didn't show up that day. And there's a reason why Audrey was sitting right there. And there was a reason why Audrey was the one that I happened to single out. Um, because I was, I was ready to go with plan B and it wouldn't have been near as good as what Audrey shared with the kids. So, um, and then just FCA is, is the, the gathering of high school kids on a Friday morning in a gym. Uh, I always tell the kids, you know, there's going to be God and donuts in the gym. And, and we, you know, it's, it's just amazing. It's just to see kids and um, we share prayer and we share scripture and, and to see the kids and, and across the gym through the double doors, high school life as normal is going on. And those kids, they're strong, they're brave, they're courageous because they don't, they don't care that they're displaying their love for God in the gym while the rest of the high school is out there just carrying on. In fact, a young man uh, that opens with us in prayer every, every week, he usually, he usually prays for the kids who need to be with us that aren't. So it's, it's just a wonderful thing. Um, and my last story, and this is, this is possibly um, one of the most impactful uh, church moments of my life. Um, there was a young man that when I was in high school, um, I was a wrestler, wrestled and played football, um, tried to run track by. I was terrible at it, so I just used, used the spring to get ready for the sports I was decent at. Um, but my junior year, there was this young man from Scott City, and we wrestled four or five times. His name was Derek Hodges, and Derek was... Uh, you know, he's, he's become a good friend of mine afterward, but it just, for whatever reason, every time I wrestled Derek, I bloodied his nose. And Derek was a bleeder, and it would, it would I mean, I, I don't know why. And it kind of got to be a joke after high school, uh, after I'd, I'd see him out in public or something, you know, he, he turned out to be a, a CPA guy, and he does a lot of my mom's book work and stuff. Uh, Derek would see me someplace, and he'd just grab his nose. Oh, no. And, and so that was kind of a joke between us. Well, Derek's son was killed in a car crash, and I hadn't seen Derek in a couple years. And uh, so I got his address for mom, and I sent him a sympathy card. And, and a couple weeks had gone by uh, after Derek's son was killed in this car crash, and I was in town to visit with mom, and I decided I'm going to go spend some time with Derek. And so I, I go to his house, and, and I hear some music 
around the back of the house, and it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful day. It was in the spring, and so I walk around to the back of the house um, because I, I couldn't get anybody to answer the, the, the door, so I figured they were around back. And I walk around, and Derek and his wife just burst into tears. And I knew that they were emotional, and I knew that things, you know, it had been tough for them. Um, so I just went in, and I, well, I walked on up, and I gave them a hug, and, and I said, uh, how's it going? And they said, you're not going to believe this. And they had a, they had a table of sympathy cards um, laying out in front of them. And they said, we had just read your card that you sent us. And I hadn't seen them in a couple years. And they had, looked like hundreds of cards laying on the table. And I don't know, it was either the biggest coincidence ever. Um, it, it just, it really impacted me. And we sat there. And, and they cried, and, and, and I probably shed a few tears because, like I said, Derek was a, a good friend of mine, still is a good friend of mine. Um, but that, that was uh, incredibly impactful. I, I, don't, I don't see that as being uh, a coincidence. Um, so, why is church important? Um, because church is where people come together to learn and to share and to grow in the Word. Church has given me the opportunity um, to know uh, when God is talking to me. I've had this discussion with uh, several people, uh, and it's something that I've shared with the FCA kids before, that if you feel something tugging at your heart and you don't take advantage of it, then you've missed an opportunity. And I think more than anything, to me, that's why church is so important because um, all the examples I've given, all the, all the random acts of stuff that have gone on in my life, um, they could either be a long series of incredibly unconnected flukes, just things that have happened, or I would, I would like to think that they are much more of... Um, God trying to tell me uh, what I need to hear. And I think more than anything, that's why church is important because without, without church, everything I've shared with you would probably be just random acts. And I think they are obviously much, much more than that. Thank you. Jesus, you know. 
Nothing else. Nothing else. 
just want to sit here at your feet caught up in this holy moment I never want to leave Oh, I'm not here for blessings Jesus, you everyone that was a fantastic message which coach just gave and i think it was a perfect reminder for our situation as we're kind of separated right now as a church that does not mean that we're not the church because the church we know this better than anyone else the church is not about a building it's about a people and it matters for this world and i, I think coach did a fantastic job reminding us that church matters in this world Church matters for our community, and church matters for our own individual lives. Maybe as you're hearing all his stories, you're thinking about to your own stories, of your own experiences, maybe here at the Bluff or in other places, of growing up maybe, or maybe you're coming back to church and being reminded that church matters, that, that God does something in the midst of people gathering together. And even though we're not together in person and we're all watching this online, that does not mean that we've lost this, but we are showing that we are part of something bigger. So thank you, Coach, for reminding us of that. Um, and, and as you guys go out, however long we're in this state of not being able to meet together, remember, you're part of the church still. The church is bigger than a building. And God is doing something even in the midst of today with his church.